Greetings from 55 in Maine, a Disney podcast. On today's episode, Mark and I rank our top five favorite Disney songs of all time. A companion episode to last week's on Disney love songs, we discuss the importance of music and songs in Disney films and the challenge it was to narrow down our lists from the multitude of Disney classics. So sing along at the intersection of 55 in Maine, where all roads lead to Disney. Welcome everyone to 55 in Maine, a Disney podcast. Um, I am Spencer, and with me on the phone is... Mark! Uh, and uh, we've got another uh, fun episode today. Uh, last week, we talked about our favorite Disney love songs. So, Mark, today, what's our, what's our topic today? So, we're branching out a little more broader and just doing our favorite Disney songs. All right. I, I, so, one of my first questions for you in discussing this topic... Is there are a lot of Disney songs? Oh yeah. Uh, and so, was this uh, a challenge for you to kind of narrow down and figure out what your top five favorite ones were? It was. Usually, I kind of maybe have like one or two honorable mentions. I think I have like five or six okay. honorable mentions. So, like when we first started our podcast, we used to do ten. Everybody see this? We used to do our ten favorite things. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we used to have honorable mentions on top of the ten. So. <laughs> This is one where, if one the old school, we could have done ten songs easy, but yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, and and I know for me there were there's actually a couple that I, I left off of my list because I think they're gonna show up on your list. Okay. Uh, okay. So I didn't want to double up. Uh, so I'll I'll let you know what those are when uh, when we get there. But uh, okay. And then there uh, is one song that you used last week. Uh, for a love song that I'm that is on my I didn't view it as a typical kind of romantic love song so uh, yeah, it, yeah. it is it is quite high on my list uh, this week so, uh, so we'll it's talk more about that too. okay <laughs> yes um, so uh, my my other question is when we look at just Disney in general uh, whether it's the movies uh, and the parks uh, as well. Music is, is very important. Oh yeah. Um, why? Why is why why does why does Disney infuse their stories with music? Yeah, it's the kind of thing where the music just kind of stays with you. You you won't think about the movie. You won't have seen the movie for a long time, but you can still sing the songs, hum the melodies, and like if if they decided to like what if Snow White didn't have any songs in it. You know, there was no hi-ho, hi-ho or anything like that. I, I don't know if it would have been as, as big a hit. Or maybe, like, music is a fundamental part of the whole company. Like, if there was no songs, I don't know if the company would even be as successful. It's amazing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Because, I mean, even if you look at their short films, a lot of that was based on music as well. The Silly Symphonies and, yes, uh, uh-huh. uh, you know, to some extent... Um, like Steamboat Willie doesn't really have music, but it was the f- first cartoon with sound, you know, so they're kind of yeah. experimenting with that, you know, early on. Uh, and so, yeah, music is so vital to these films and, and so inherent to them. So it would be the movies themselves and, and you know, Disney as a company would be drastically different. Like you're saying, I don't know if they'd be... Uh, as memorable because I mean we've talked about it before I mean one of my Pandora channels is Disney songs and Disney music you know oh yeah 
Uh, and so, the, you know, when you listen to those songs, you're inst- you're instantly transported to the movie and the character and just the feeling uh, of watching those movies and and being at Disneyland and and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, music is just so ingrained into Disney storytelling that it's. I think. I mean, it, it deserves these two weeks that we've spent uh, talking about them. I think. <laughs> and if you just look back at the history, all the real, real stinker movies didn't have anything. Like your, your Treasure Planets, your Atlantises have no music in them, and they're probably the reason why they weren't very successful. It's because like the music is just such an integral part of what makes a Disney movie a Disney movie. Such a good point, man. Such a good point, uh, and that's. You know, we we've we grew up during the Disney Renaissance, where it's interesting because you mentioned Snow White, where Snow White has songs in it, um, but it's not necessarily like a Broadway style musical, in the in the in the traditional sense. You know, whereas you know you look at Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and like a lot of the films of the Disney Renaissance, they play out as if you're going to a Broadway musical. It's just an animated version of it. Um, so yeah, the decision to move away from that in like the you know early two thousands um, was definitely a, a misfire, I think. <laughs> well, this is probably a trivia question that I've asked you before, but the listeners may not know. Do you know what the highest grossing entertainment thing is in like the history of entertainment? I don't know. It's the Lion King musical. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I can see that. It's, it's been selling out on Broadway every night for the past 20 plus years you know it's just it's been just i mean if, if there were no songs that go with it there's no way it'd be on broadway you know so it's like the fact that the greatest grossing entertainment property is a disney musical just speaks for itself yeah I, that's that's a great point I, I just uh have you seen have you actually seen that musical i have not have you yeah i've seen that one i saw it in fresno Oh, nice. And then uh, we saw Beauty and the Beast um, actually a couple times. I've seen it up in Ashland, Oregon at the Shakespeare Festival. They did a version of it. Um, and uh, I saw it at the Pantages in Hollywood uh, as well. So. Um, but yeah, it's just there's a, there's a special quality to uh, these songs and the music in Disney films. And like when you look at that kind of dark period, like you were saying, at the 2000s, um, you you see the the pickup the revitalization of Disney when the music comes back in with Princess and the Frog and Tangled and Frozen you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's something kind of magical there about the animation you know the storytelling uh, the characters and then the infusion of music so and then we'll maybe get to this later but even movies that aren't musicals still have really important song aspects to them so spoiler alert it's probably not the biggest spoiler but. You've got a friend in me by Toy Story. Toy Story is not a musical, but that song is so essential to the Toy Story experience. Yeah, you know exactly. That's a man. That's great, man. I I think you're because right. well in that one, it's interesting because you look at um, you look at let's take Frozen for example, right? Yeah. This, this huge hit song of of Let It Go is very isolated to that one movie, right? Uh-huh. To the first movie. Whereas, you know, You've Got a Friend in Me has essentially become uh, the theme of the whole franchise, if you will, right? Yeah. Uh, where it's yeah. kind of carried through um, the, each film. 
uh, and it kind of represents the, the the whole kind of thematic uh, arc to the series. So, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves because that, again, sure. spoiler alert, that's going to be on my list. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, uh, so well, do, should we start then? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, uh, do you want to get through all of your honorable mentions? Because I've got several as well. <laughs> sure. So. I mean, these could all be on people's top lists. I know, man. It's it's hard, man. Like, I, sorry to interrupt, but it's just like no. It it was a challenge to make this list because there's some. I think these are probably very personal uh, lists, you know. Because yes. like, if if my wife was to make this list, she probably would have like maybe something. She loves Mulan, right? Oh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. you know, a song like uh, like Reflection or, or something like that, but. Yeah. You know, it's not on my list, but you know, you, you go to the next person and their their list might be entirely different because there's so many great songs to pick from. So uh, exactly. So yeah. So so tell us, what are your honorable mentions? Okay, so this one probably is the most catchy of all the Disney songs. It's "Under the Sea" okay. from Little Mermaid. I mean, such a great <laughs> song. The beginning of Moana, which is the where you are song okay. i mean I, I i think that's my it's my favorite of the newer disney films and it just totally takes you into the world you're in and the character of moana and all the conflicts she has going on i love I think it's an underrated song actually it's fantastic it may be on your list it's one of my favorite of the disney movies Udalali. our buddy rob thinks that's his favorite disney song so Udalali. This one, I don't know if it's going to make English. Probably not. It's an old school. It's not even a cartoon. It's the Davy Crockett song. Is the Davy oh. Crockett song from anything? Is no, it like that's... a song people went singing from the 1800s, or is it like Disney made it? For? No, that's totally original to the Davy Crockett show and, and TV. Yeah, that's man. That yeah. I, I, I second that. that... <laughs> Song. It's it's pretty much a perfect song. I, is it on your list? Let it go. No, but 
that would be it's, per- it's a perfect song. That would be my number six. Like I have, yeah, I have it yeah, slotted yeah. as my number six because yeah, I, I think yes. you're right. Uh, as as much flack as as Frozen, especially the Frozen phenomenon gets of you know being yeah. uh, overhyped or overrated or whatever. It, it is a fantastic song and. And I mean, Adina Menzel, who sang the song, is is a world class yeah. Broadway singer. So of course it's going to be a, a great song. And and the message of it obviously is very meaningful um, for mm-hmm. you know young girls and young women. And um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. So no, those are those are some great honorable mentions, man. I um, there's there's a couple songs that I think are going to be on your list that did not show up in your honorable mentions. So I, I, okay. I, I think okay. I'm guessing pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, should I do my honorable mentions? Yes, I'd love to hear. Them. All right. So, like I said, uh, number six would definitely be "Let It Go" uh, for yeah. me. Um, "Colors of the Wind" uh, from Pocahontas. Ooh, okay. um, musically, Choice. musically, it's just very powerful. It's very sweeping, um, and when you pair it with the imagery, you know, it, it's great. But just the pure message of that is is great about people you know people coming together we're all elements and, and colors of various things it, it's sure. uh, very good message there um one of my not so favorite movies or at least one that i don't watch a lot is, is hercules uh, okay but i love that that main song of go the distance yeah that's a good one uh, it's very singable uh it's very relatable it's very much about you know uh the underdog uh, and who's you know willing to go uh, as far as it takes to, to to be a better person that sort of thing. Um, so I really like that that song. And then uh, my last one is uh, the Bare Necessities from uh, from the Jungle Book. It's just that that movie and, and really that era, like the '60s era with with Dalmatians and Aristocats and Jungle Book, is very much like the jazz period of right. Disney. And, and so that that song just kind of gets that whole vibe uh, and kind of the jazzy nature of it. And then just Baloo's a very fun character. He's, you know, trying to break Mowgli down from his kind of human side. And just it's very it's actually very similar to like Akuna Matata in, in, yeah. in some ways, uh, just to kind of accept life and, and not worry about anything. So, um, yeah, that's just a really, really fun uh, number uh, from uh, The Jungle Book. The simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities Or Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life I love that last one because I think most of the ones you're saying People know the songs Like they know Color of the Wind And they know that Hercules song If they listen to them on the radio But I bet like everyone our age and maybe a little bit older, if we started to like sing Bare Necessities, they could sing it with you. Oh, it's yeah. one of those like sing along, like you know all, but without knowing you know it, you know all the words to it. And yeah. it's like so just ingrained in people's conscience. Yeah. 
All right, man. So I'm looking forward to these these top fives. I know. There's some heavy hitters, I think, coming up. So okay, uh, you want to start it off? Sure. My number five, and um, I definitely understand that there is some social problems with this song. So uh, it's zippity doo dah. I, I imagine it's more attached to Splash Mountain, is my guess, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is I've been on Splash Mountain probably fifty times. And when you go down that hill and you turn the corner and there's that big riverboat and all those animatronics singing zippity doodah, it's a good time. show some love to actually have a couple songs connected to rides in Disneyland oh, wow. okay. love towards so I just think this is one of those songs that is just a great tune super happy fun to sing connected to a ride so zippity doo dah number five yeah, uh, I'm. I'm curious to. I, I might have been wrong now on a couple of these picks for you. <laughs> if you're going to include uh, some from the from the parks, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So, uh, <laughs> my number, number my number five. So, I had to go with something that was like quintessential Disney, I think, and okay. for me, uh, I think the the song that. And you see it in a lot of documentaries that Disney produces, like uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty uh, mm-hmm. uses this song at the end, like during the closing credits. Oh, okay. And it's usually like the, one of the last songs they play at Disneyland, like in the fireworks shows or whatever. Um, but that is Wish Upon a Star. Uh, That's on my list. From Pinocchio. Yeah, it's just a it's it's a beautiful song. You know, Jiminy Cricket sings it, and uh, it's got just uh, again another great message. You know, it, maybe it gets criticized a little bit for you know kind of some of the things that we were talking about with like the princesses, like you know, is it is it too idealized? You know, because they talk about wish upon a star, it makes no difference who you are and. Anything your heart desires will come true. That's a great sentiment, but perhaps not yeah. realistic. But it's, it's, the, it's the Disney sentiment, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, I just I love the tune. I love the song. And, and again, I think this, this goes beyond Pinocchio because I, I really like Pinocchio, but it's not one that I um, often rewatch. Um, and it, I think, definitely is uh, is part of the park's experience because, like I said, it's I, I think it's used to close out. At like every fireworks show and like most a lot of parades and even sometimes like you know when they make it the announcement like at the end of the night you know yeah. and, and main street's closing down or whatever i think they play it you know if not the lyrics definitely the music so uh yeah, yeah it just this one just screams disney to me it doesn't yeah. it doesn't scream pinocchio to me in some ways whereas some of these other songs that are on my list are like a, you know attached to that particular movie um, this one just kind of represents Disney to me. So I, I love hearing Wish Upon a Star. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely talk about it now because like you, you said it perfectly. 
when you walk through the castle, it's the first song I think of when I think of me walking. Because probably the most magical part of Disneyland is when you walk under the ca- over the bridge, under the castle, into Fantasyland. And to me, that's the song that I kind of hear playing under the castle. So I kind of associate it so much with the parks, but then just this past couple months ago, in my film class, we watched Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've seen Pinocchio, and I don't know how long. But the song really got me in the movie and the, the sentiment behind it. And so I think the fact that it works so well in the parks and in that film, which is one of the best Disney films ever, I, I love it. So actually, it's, it's number two on my list. Oh, wow. Wow. But I'm happy to talk about it now. It's just one of those things. You're right. It's like the quintessential Disney song. And now the more I think about it, it's, it's got the, it, to me, it's got the best mixture of park and movies and that's what i love about disneyland is the parks and the movies and so it kind of just mashes them together perfectly awesome wow yeah. I, i'm it surprises me that that's so high on your list but i <laughs> I, I love it man i love it that's great that's right um so okay. uh that goes to now your number four right all right my number four th- there's no way this would go on anyone's top five list but it's on i was just such a soft spot for this movie it's my favorite disney movie and it's also associated with the parks. It is a Marion birthday. It's <laughs> my number four. I wanted to throw love to Austin Wonderland, and it's one of those songs. I think it's a song that appears both in the ride and on the teacups, right? Right? Isn't that the song they play on the teacups? I'm pretty yeah. sure I have that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so just being in the parks at nighttime when you see the lights t- come on and you get to that part of Fantasyland with the spinning teacups and just the energy and the sound and the, I just, I love it. And then in the movie, it's one of the most iconic songs from the movie. It's very kind of singable and it's just fun and silly because a lot of these songs are kind of like about heavy stuff mm-hmm. about people figure out who they are, people dealing with loss, people dealing with love, these big images. Sometimes it's fun just to have a silly song about crazy people at a tea party. So <laughs> I, I, I really, really, really like that song. And that's my number four. All right, man. That's that's great. Again, I, I'm seeing your love of the parks coming through here. Uh, hey, yeah, this is kind of something. Not that I'm actually speaking it out loud. This is way more park centric than <laughs> I was expecting it to be. But subconsciously, there's I, I, another agenda in mind. Yeah. So I have. I, do you have one more from like like very park specific? Uh, the other ones on my list are. I think you you hear this the you hear them in the parks. They're not like central to the park, but okay. you actually would totally hear them if you spent a typical day at Disneyland. <laughs> okay. All right, because there's one that popped into my head from the park that I think is one of your favorites and I really like too. So uh, what, maybe what by ride? the Haunted Mansion? It's not there. Oh, okay, okay. Because I didn't know we were allowed to do that. If we were allowed to do that, I would have done it. Because <laughs> <laughs> Grim let's, I mean, let's talk about it, right? Grim Grim oh, Ghost so is such a good song, right? And, and, and Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho. Yeah. Is, is it called, is it, what's that song called? And a Grim Grim Ghost is the title yeah. of, like, it's not called, is it called A Pirate's Life? A Pirate's Life for, for me? me yeah, yeah. Yeah. That song's legit. Um, I actually don't hate Small World. People usually hate Small World and think it's like, uh, abomination of a song. I don't mind it at all. 
But um, yeah, Grim Grinning Ghost is so good. If you have to hear the song though, you need the like you know Michael Jackson's Thriller has like the narrator speaking. Yeah, you got to have that guy's voice. It's not complete without that awesome ghost host. His deep spooky voice like that that is what makes the song perfect is that guy so you gotta have that guy i feel like we should almost do like a, a trilogy of episodes now where we we, the parks? we, we do parks <laughs> music you know totally <laughs> i'd be down for that all right so um uh, is your number four yes what's your number four my number four um comes from uh the lion king And that is Circle of Life. I think, uh, I think most people know the song. At least uh, they know the sound of the song. I don't know if they know the the beginning words or not. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a fantastic song. I know every time I hear it on on my Pandora station, or if somebody's watching the movie, you know, it, I mean, it opens it opens the movie, and your 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 whole body kind of perks up. I think when you hear that first initial like notes of of the song and uh you know it's it's a very you know philosophical song as far as what it's about and and the lyrics you know um it's got two different versions which is kind of cool and and, and interesting it's got the elton john uh version um and then it's also got the actual film uh version uh where you know they had they actually hired um, what's his name? Uh, Lebo, Lebo M or something, to do the Zulu vocals, like the actual Zulu oh. language and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's it's a great song. It's a great message, and I think it. This is the this is the perfect meld of of song to animation, because when you think about the the opening, what five minutes or so of of the Lion King. And it's, you know, this beautiful sunrise and these animals coming together, you know, and getting to Pride Rock and seeing Rafiki climb the rock and then Simba's there and they, he puts the, you know, like gourd stuff on, on Simba and then he lifts him yeah. up and uh, you have the light streaking through the sky. It's just this beautiful imagery and you have this very, very powerful song about uh, this idea of Simba represents the next you know, chain. He, he, he represents the next kind of link in the circle of life. Um, and, and obviously that theme is developed through the whole film, but, um, yeah, I, I just, it's a very powerful song, especially when you, uh, match it with the animation. So circle of life is my number four. It's a great pick. And it, to me, I think of how the scale of it, just the idea of you see the big, aerial view of everything yeah. and they kind of zoom in close and at the end you see how small they look up there and the big animals everywhere and how many of them there are yeah that's a great pick well and it sounds weird too but one of my favorite moments in almost like almost the whole movie is this like the the end percussion note and then the cut to the title 
is yeah, like it like it rad. just brings you in, you know. Uh, it, it's it's such a great storytelling device. Is the it's basically like a cold open, is what it really is. You know, it's this five minute cold open, and then boom, and then title, and then they kick off the story. You know, uh, and so I just yeah, I love that element to it. So that's so my number. I have four. a question for you about this one. Is it the lyrics or is it the music that really? get you because i honestly can't even think of what the lyrics would be besides circle of life like can you see it's is it a sing-alongable song or is it just the music is so powerful like what do you think i think the the music is is primarily the highlight for me but i mean when you actually like sit down and analyze the lyrics like i I wrote down a couple of them you know it, it uh you know talks about till we find our place on the path unwinding in the circle the circle of life it's it's about finding, you know, who you are, you know, and finding your purpose. I mean, it's really this existential, like, you know, song, you know. Uh, but True. I think in the context of the movie, it's just this powerful opening number that just draws yes. you in, uh, regardless of the lyrics. It's just uh, a very, I mean, the word epic gets kind of thrown around uh, a lot, but I think it's a very epic song that, that just skyrockets you into the movie so all right and a few lightning round questions i know you prefer the credit scene a uh, credit version of beauty and the beast mm-hmm. to this one what about the elton john version versus the movie version Uh, I think for this one, I like the movie version better. Okay. But it's interesting. I think the uh, Elton John version is more singable. Yes. If that makes sense. Because for, you know, maybe because it's Elton John and you kind of know his voice and you know his style, it's easier to sing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think I prefer the – and, again, I think it's tied directly to the animation. Like, when I hear that yeah. song, I think of that opening to the movie, so – and then last one would be, because they all came out right after each other, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer the animated version of Own the World or the credits version? Animated. Animated. So usually you prefer animated, but you just went on the limb and said you prefer the credits <laughs> See, version of Beauty and the Beast. I, I think <laughs> it's because like, like Beauty and the Beast, is, it's a duet at the end. Yeah. And... and the whole the concept of a duet just screams romance to me. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, and right, it's this right. couple singing to each other. So, like a whole new world for Aladdin is Aladdin and Jasmine uh, singing to each other. I see the light from Tangled is is Flynn and Rapunzel singing to each other. Um, even even can you feel the love tonight? In some ways, is a, somewhat of a duet. Um, but uh, um, in the animated version. 
an animated sequence of Beauty and the Beast. It's Angela Lansbury singing over the top of the imagery. Um, sure. So I just, I don't know, I just, I, I like the duet nature of, of these songs. It just, it just seems to be more romantic to me. I don't know. <laughs> what do they do? Yeah, that's all good. What do they do in the Broadway Beauty and the Beast? Do they still, do they make it a duet or is it still a third person? It's Mrs. Over? Potts. Yeah, it's Mrs. Potts. Okay, in the, in the Broadway version yeah. as well. Okay. Gotcha. All right, so that was my number four, Circle of Life. So we're to number three, man. I'm pretty sure my number three is your number one. So do we want to hold off on this one? Sure, sure. Okay, so what's your number three? All right, so my number three is uh, Udalali from Robin Hood. Again, this isn't. This is not. I would not consider this one of the greatest Disney songs of all time. Um, I think it's probably a lot of people's personal favorites, though, especially our generation who love Robin Hood so much. Um, yeah. But uh, I love that the movie is. It's narrated uh, by Alan Adale, who's the, the the rooster, right? Oh, uh, um, yes. <laughs> voiced by Roger Miller, who was actually like a folk singer at the time. Uh, awesome. And so he, like, that character breaks the fourth wall and essentially, like, narrates the movie. And then he sings this song to open, uh, to open the film. And uh, it's, it's a movie that's, or it's a song that's actually kind of hard to sing along to because the lyrics are so fast. Uh, but the, the concept of Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest, laughing back and forth, and whatever the rest of the lyrics are, right? Trying, trying, about trying to get away. Trying to get away, right? <laughs> Uh, but the the concept of Udalali Udalali Golly What a Day is just this kind of relaxed, like innocent charm, you know, mm-hmm. um, where it kind of you know these these guys are roguish characters um, who are stealing from the rich to give to the poor. They're they're noble people, but they're really all about like the 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 sentiment of I'm gonna kind of live my life uh, how I want to, and I'm going to live where I want to. I'm going to live in Sherwood Forest, and um, it's it's just a very kind of peaceful existence. Um, and then they got to deal with, you know, Prince John and Sheriff and everything. Um, but it's really about their friendship uh, and just kind of hanging out together. It's just we're going to live mm-hmm. life together and be at peace and, and deal with things as they come, go with the flow. Uh, and so I, I just... Uh, really enjoy that sentiment and and again it's interesting this is another song that opens a film yeah and uh, it just sets the tone for the rest of the film because i mean when you look at the robin hood legend you know there's different versions of of robin hood you know he's he's a a folk hero he's a mythic hero at times A, a lot of movies you know have taken kind of a more realistic spin to him, which, you know, like the Kevin Costner version, the Russell Crowe version, um, where it's like, well, this guy was living in medieval times. What would that actually have been like? Where uh, the the Disney Robin Hood and this song in particular represent kind of this, you know, innocent charm about the Robin Hood character and the Robin Hood legend. Uh, And so I just really, I just really like it. So that's, uh, that's my number three. Don't they have parts of remembering it right? Where like the characters are running across the credit screen. Yeah, yeah. 
so like they kind of like get they they understand like they set you're right they set the tone for this movie which does have some pretty dark parts oh yeah and and i mean one there's a great song in this movie called uh, not in nottingham which yeah. is probably not on our list because it's just kind of a sad song. <laughs> but, yeah. But um, exactly. it's a great, I mean, it's a great song, uh, you know, about how, you know, Prince John is, is, is oppressing the people and is taxing them and putting them all in prison. It, it, it's a good song. Uh, but uh, yeah, Udalali is just, I think it, in some ways it also is very representative of like my childhood mm-hmm. because yeah, I, watched, I watched this movie so much as a kid. Um, yeah. So it, I instantly hear that song, and it's just like being a kid again, you know. Yeah, it's almost one of those songs where you almost, the lyrics kind of get in the way. The lyrics are good, but it's like if you whistle, if you good mm-hmm. at whistling, you can whistle this tune. Everyone will know exactly what it's from and what it means. So it's like the most whistleable tune in uh, Disney movies. Yeah, I mean, similar to like you were saying about Sippy Doo Dot in some ways, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Kind of yeah, that yeah, same, good. kind of that same uh, kind of tone and melody to it, you know. Yeah. All right, man. So uh, that was my number three. So we're going to go to your number two, right? We talked about my number two already. When okay. you wish upon a star. That's right. Logged it. What's your number two? My number two. Okay. All right. So number two for me is from, I think, what we've established is my favorite Disney movie uh, and one of your favorite Disney movies. And that's Beauty and the Beast. Uh, All right. And that's Be Our Guest. Yeah, it's so. Be our guest is not necessarily the introduction to Belle because obviously we have a whole whole song called Belle at the beginning, but it's her introduction to the castle and and the enchanted world of of the castle. Right, she's meeting the the enchanted objects, uh, and uh, I just love the spirit uh, of it. It's very dynamic. It's very energetic. Uh, it's at one point. Um, like Beauty and the Beast is very much based on the Broadway style and yeah. at one point like the animation kind of kicks into that where there's like like I don't know 50 to 100 plates that are like pink and purple just like are going across yes. the screen and it really makes no narrative sense um, but it's, <laughs> right. it's just this, this tapestry of, of a brilliant animation and just this kind of explosion of, of fun uh, in, in the movie. And, and so it's, it's, it's kind of like the enchanted objects are getting the, the chance to show off a little bit, you know, because okay. like there's even a, a part in the song where, you know, uh, Lumiere says, you know, it's been so many years and we've been rusting and we're just looking for an opportunity to, you know, be ourselves again. Uh, and so it's just a very, very fun musical number um, and how it starts is great with Lumiere almost, he doesn't really sing it. He kind of says it, you know, uh, and it's got one of the great lyrics, uh, in, in Disney songs with, uh, 
Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Don't believe me. Ask the dishes. I think everyone of our generation could probably quote that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just it's it's very entertaining and uh, it endears not only Belle but the audience to the enchanted objects because I think at that point she's pretty scared, right? I mean, yes, the beast is incredibly frightening. She doesn't know what's going on, uh, and she begins to kind of. Before even before falling in love with him, she kind of falls in love with uh, the enchanted objects, which are essentially his friends, right? I mean, obviously they're his servants, but you know they're the people around him, uh, and so um, it, it, it's a just a great, great musical number. Yeah, you're so right. I vividly remember watching this movie in theaters, being eight, nine years old, and you you need this song as especially a young viewer because you're right it's it's all about this dark gothic castle and mm-hmm. this scary monster and the dad almost died and like it's heavy stuff and she's like a prisoner here and she's trapped and she's scared and she's never going to get out and it's super scary and then you need this thing to tell you no this is a good place like don't be scared of this place don't be scared of this movie <laughs> everything's going to be okay so it's like it serves the film and it serves the characters and it also really actually is something the audience needs to continue with the story. Yeah, and then it, it, it so it serves the story so great. But if you just put it on, on to the radio or your your Spotify or Pandora channel, it's also very bouncy. It's very poppy, and yeah. it's a very upbeat song. Uh, so um, yeah, be, be our guest. Uh, and and personal personal uh, anecdote here. Uh, we got to eat at the BR Guest restaurant. I was going to ask you about this. What was it like? <laughs> oh, so so amazing. Uh, <laughs> we got to, we ate in the West Wing. Um, oh, awesome. Uh, BR Guest again, another from the Disney Renaissance. Um, you know, Howard Ashman, Alan Menken, that duo, um, and and I think one of your. How many songs do you have left? Two? So actually, I need to do a little embarrassing. Uh, reveal here. I read my list wrong. Okay. And so I do have another thing to add to my list. It's in the number two slash three okay. spot because I was looking at my list and I was got wrapped up in our conversation. So my number two slash three is from Aladdin. Okay. And it is Friend Like Me. Oh, okay. All right. Which sounds very similar to your number one. Yes, yes. I mean, right? yeah. I was looking at it and I read it as the other version of it. But um, I think... Um, and now that I'm trying, I can't even say it out loud because I'm thinking of the first version. It's called You've Never... Uh, what's the name of this song? Is it Friend Like it's Me? It's Friend Like Me, it's yeah, called? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Such a good song. performance i think we probably said it was number one in our voiceover performance it should have been number one if it wasn't he's so 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 good and the song's so happy and upbeat and for the most part i kind of frown on the live action versions of these songs i really don't think they're as nearly as good as the animated versions but what's your take on the will smith version in the new aladdin i, I liked it on? I, 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 liked I liked it, it too. 
I've only I've only seen the movie once, so I need to yeah. rewatch it. But I, I I generally liked that movie a lot. Um, they did some different. It's it's interesting when we just actually watched uh, Maleficent the two for the first time. Okay. And there's this. I think there's this dilemma within just the Disney studio of with these remakes of how much do we stick to the actual story and then how much do we deviate right yeah um, because something like the lion king it ba- basically didn't deviate at all and got criticized for it You're and right. then you know something like maleficent uh or uh even alice in wonderland tim burton's alice in wonderland to some extent mm. you know deviated a lot and got criticized for it um, so I think the more successful ones have been these ones that stick to the story but deviate a little bit. Something like The Jungle Book, uh, yeah. Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. Um, and I think Aladdin does that as well. It sticks to the story, but it, it adds some things. It, it changes some things. So I, I generally really like that movie. I, I, I don't remember the number vividly, but um, I, I liked it, yeah. I remember watching it closely thinking... Robin Williams' performance is so good, and especially in this song, he just has so much personality to it. There's no way Will Smith will live up to it. And he does a good job. It's, it's not as good, of course, but like he definitely does justice to that song. And when you just whenever you see that song in the animated movie, it's just such a fun, good time. And just mainly for Robin Williams alone, I'm putting it on my list. All right, awesome. So that was your number two slash three. So yes. are, we, are we at our number ones? I've kind of lost right, track. Let's, yes, let's <laughs> talk about your number one, which is such a good song. <laughs> right, and which was your number four? Well, I thought, I thought it was number three. three. So I looked at number three and it said, Friend Like Me. And the first thing in my mind, I thought, oh, the Toy Story song. That's oh, right. Oh, got but it, then, got it. Okay. But it's not called that. It sounds so, <laughs> like, it's like one word difference between the Aladdin song and this song. So I so got it mixed up. My number one, to clarify... is from Toy Story, You've Got a Friend in Me. Yes. And they're two totally different songs. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we mentioned this song last week, and, and we've mentioned it previously in this episode. But um, I, I love the, I love the uh, Toy Story franchise. Um, Woody is my favorite character from those movies. And I think it's very, the song very much represents his friendship with Andy um, and is used as the thematic uh, through line for the whole franchise and it's you know the franchise is is ultimately about friendship so many of these movies are about love or you know parental relationships or whatever yeah there's not a uh, there's not a lot of of these stories that are about just friendship uh, and toy story just i think nails that that type of storytelling and uh you've got a friend in me is 
you can kind of take it a couple ways. It's a very happy, joyous song about friendship, but in some ways it's it's kind of bittersweet, especially when they when they um, put different animation to it. So like the montage from Toy Story three, where yeah, the the very beginning shows Andy playing with Woody, and then it's got you've got a friend of me playing over it, and then the end of the song it shows Andy grown up and you know Andy or Woody and, and the other toys are in the the toy chest haven't been played with for a yeah. uh, so there's these different elements to it uh, there's these different layers to it because I think it not only represents the Woody and Andy's friendship but also Woody and Buzz's. Uh, friendship and just kind of the friendship and companionship of all the various toys that are in Andy's room. Uh, so uh, I love this movie. Randy Newman has such a unique kind of quirky, yeah. odd voice that it just stands out. It's, it's, mm-hmm. You can just identify it immediately that, oh, that's Randy Newman singing You've Got a Friend in Me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I love this song. I mentioned last week this was, this was the song that I, I danced with my mom with at my wedding for our mother son dance and uh yeah it's just a very very special song and i just love it so that's my number one yeah such such a good song uh we talked about it a lot i i do love its presence in the parks where you after going toy story midway mania the fact that it's playing in there i don't know if it's a continuous loop or it's in the background but especially at the end of the ride when you're getting off and just had this great adventure with the toy story characters and you go up into like the Andy's room or whatever mm-hmm. like it's such a good little treat to have that song in there on the right love it all right so are we at your number we're at your number one now right yes okay my number one is from the little mermaid all right all right I thought so is, it, is this what you're expecting okay yeah yeah so part of your world is my number one song one of those songs that every part of me does not want to put it as number one because it's (laughs) super dramatic and kind of like especially when I was young thinking it's a girl song I'm not going to catch a girl song and this is you know let's get through this song and get to the fun under the sea song but as an adult thinking about it it's one of those things that really hit me when I would be in the car and someone give us a CD of old of Disney songs and this was like before I um, people had iPhones and so I just we listened to CDs in the car and I put it in there and would always listen to and I drove with the kids and every time the song came on it, it it affected me I was like this song is fantastic it's fantastic on a musical level it's fantastic on the lyrical level it's fantastic on the performer who sings the song do you know is it the same lady who sings the song because they do this often with Disney movies where the voice actor and the singing actor are not the same. Do you do you know? Maybe you don't. But no, it, it's the same. Yeah, she is so good, and her delivery of the song is fantastic. Let it go is probably 
considered the best of the female main character songs, but to me there's a special place for part of your world, and it's just this, I, it's just something that everybody, everybody can connect to, this idea that you want something more out of life, and you want to leave, and you want to experience the world, and this is such a fantastically relatable thing, and it's, it, the, one of my favorite anecdotes is from the Waking Sleeping Beauty documentary, and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they not want to put it in the movie? <laughs> well, they did, right? it was, uh, it was, I think, specifically Jeffrey Katzenberg, who said, like, this song is boring, it's it's a snoozer, we need to get the pace of the movie going. Yeah, so he he wanted them to cut it out, and they, they fought to keep it, because it really is the heart of the movie. No, I would totally make the argument that this song saved the whole Disney company. Not just Disney Animation. At the time, the company was close to being bought out by rival stock market investors, and it was just just terrible movie after terrible movie, and then they needed this one to hit. And the reason it hits is because of this song. You get into her, you buy into what she's doing, you're invested. And the thing to keep thinking about is when Walt made Snow White, he was so nervous because are people gonna care about this mm-hmm. movie? Mm-hmm. And he didn't know. And then at the end, when she's dead and in the coffin, the clear coffin and the, it's raining and the dwarves are crying and looks around the audience and he sees all these great actors like Clark Gable and stuff. They're totally crying because they're into it. And he knew like, we, we got it. We're going to win. And I think this song does the same thing for the new Renaissance. Like it, it, everything can get back to this song because it gave these movies this emotional connection that they were missing and the only way to get that connection is through a song like like this and so to me it's like one of maybe the most important song in the whole Disney canon yeah I, I, I agree and this is one that I think would be very high on my, my wife's list yeah. um, but uh, the, there's some great stuff in the Waking Sleeping Beauty documentary about not only Little Mermaid but this song specifically you know there's there's some behind the scenes footage of uh, of uh, her singing the song Jody Benson, that's it, that's her name. I, sometimes I get her and and uh, Paige O'Hara who who voices Belle mixed up, but yeah, Jody Benson, great voice, great behind the scenes stuff in the Waking Sleeping Beauty documentary. Um, and uh, Howard Ashman giving her directions um, to uh, the tone and how to sing this lyric and that sort of thing. Um, and Ashman also gives an interview where he talks about in, in many, many Broadway musicals, especially one with a, like a female lead, um, he talks about how uh, many of them have a, not necessarily the, the opening number, but a very uh, early song in the, in, the, in the musical where the lead, uh, leading lady sits down on something and sings about what she wants, and then the audience is hooked and wants her to get it uh and so i think this song part of your world is a very 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 good example of that where it's very clear what ariel wants and we're going to root for her throughout the rest of the story uh to get it uh and there's some beautiful animation in that scene as well i mean i think yeah i think the uh kind of the climactic um, end to the song is when she like pops out of the water onto the rock and everything, and that's mm-hmm. that's pretty a, an iconic image 
um, in, in today's world. So I think everyone kind of knows, oh, that's the Little Mermaid, you know. Um, totally. So yeah, man, that's that's a great, great pick. Number one, part of your world. Yeah, and there there are parts where it gets big and orchestral and these huge, like when she's cresting out of the water, these big moments, but then there's these small moments where mm-hmm. she's almost like whispering, yeah. like talking to herself, yeah. you know, and it kind of has all that part to it so good. <laughs> so I have, yeah. I have a couple questions for you. Sure. So Little Mermaid is, yeah. you know, 30 years old now. Um, I think it's still very relatable. Um, you have two young daughters. Yes. Is this a movie that, that you have shown them? Um, are these songs that they sing? Uh, do they relate to Ariel? Um, or are they more into, you know, Moana, Frozen, that sort of thing? Way more into the Frozen. I kind of think this is our generations, and I don't know if the generation after us is going to get it, like, the way we get it. So I, I'm not super hopeful that they're going to love it as much as we do, <laughs> you know? But, um, yeah, I just think it's... They have the Let It Go is their song. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. They can have that. But this is this is our song. <laughs> this is our our uh, generation of, of movies, you know, that shaped us and formed us. A, a couple more questions real quick. Sure. So I think you mentioned, you mentioned one of them last week. And then I think you mentioned one for your honorable mentions, but uh, you've talked before about your love for um, the uh, Moana song. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, Remember Me from Coco. Yes. So, that's a great song. so those were a couple that I thought might make your list. So, uh, but then you had some from the parks, which was, was uh, I really like. Those are great picks. Yeah. So what was your thought process on, because I know how much you love those other songs, so. What was your thought yeah. process on leaving those as honorable mentions? Yeah, I think I just kind of were were looking at the ones I had to have on there, and I was like, I, I can't not have these on there. And <laughs> so I don't know if there was anything super intentional about it. To me, the songs in Moana are all A's, no way pluses. They're all like solid, like A's is fantastic, but like I don't think there's any like A plus songs on there and then with coco the songs are really good and then the song he sings to coco at the end is is amazing but it's like they need the movie like i don't know if i would listen to those songs on a cd in the car and be like this is i'm loving this this is so great but in the context of the movie they just add so much more to it so maybe that's also a little bit part of it as well got it got it yeah um Man, I think we we picked out some really good songs. I think we could make a playlist out of uh, <laughs> all right. these songs, man. Um, so, and man, I really do think I think it would be fun to to do another episode on uh, on the parks and kind of see what we could do there. Oh, totally. <laughs> all right, so um, Mark, thanks for uh, thanks for our uh, discussion today. Thank you, man. And uh, again, I, I hope we can uh, uh, listen to these songs and. Go back and watch some of these movies, and I mean that's the great thing about Disney Plus, right? We can, oh yeah, put put all these movies on anytime we want. So, uh, uh, but thanks, and uh, I appreciate you uh, on these episodes, man. It's is a it's is a good good break from the day. <laughs> it's really it's something <laughs> I I need. So thanks, man, for for doing it with me. All right, and uh, those of you out there listening, we uh, we want to thank you as well for continuing to listen to Fifty Five and Main. 
uh, a Disney podcast. We ask you to continue to subscribe and download, uh, listen to our episodes, like them, share them around. 